The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. And it's time now for our special show of Veterans Place with our host, Dr. Don Moeller, uh, who is not only a MD, but he's also a dentist. And uh, his credentials, I don't even have a wall big enough to hang all of his uh, credentials on. So we'll just drop it at that. But before we get started, all of our veteran shows, and we want to remind everybody that yesterday was Vietnam Veterans Memorial Day. Uh, and... We had an outstanding group at the uh, Walden Hills in Johns Creek. So with that being said, we're going to start like we start all of our veteran shows or any of our first responder shows with a silent prayer. Thank you for joining us, and we want to uh, extend our sympathy to the police in Huntsville, Alabama, that lost two of their best yesterday. And, you know, I, I can't explain it. I can't understand it, and uh, I want to... Man or woman has raised their hand and offered to defend and protect us, whether it's in the military or on a police force. They, they deserve the best. And what we have been doing and the way we've been treating them has just been deplorable. And so we extend our sympathies to to them. The next thing that we do on any of our veteran shows is that we all appreciate it and we all liked our Jodies. Oh man, young man, he can hang, he can hang, feels good, feels good, so good, so good, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, pick him up, pick him up, put him down, put him down, first the left, first the left, then the right, then the right, out of sight, out of sight. Okay, everybody's heart should be going. Uh, Don, is your heart going? Pumping like crazy for an old man. Well, good. (laughs) (laughs) You ready to go out and um, run that last half mile and uh, and double time? 
Uh, no, I'm going to get it pencil whipped. Ah. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to let the first sergeant know he's got a tooth to come out, and if I don't pass PT test, it's going to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got, uh, extractions without anesthesia. Uh, you got that. <laughs> pretty brutal. <laughs> but, pretty brutal. <laughs> but it's. Um, Good to be here. Good to be with you again. And uh, I always forget to tell folks, but get your get your paper ready and a and a good sharp pencil because I could almost guarantee you that Doctor Muller is going to tell you something that you didn't know today. And uh, we have two hosts that are like this: uh, Lieutenant Colonel Philip Farsberg that does Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm, and Lieutenant Colonel. Don Mulder. And Don is on right now. So, uh, Don, did you celebrate yesterday at all? Yeah, I did. I uh, treated a patient with a moral injury in my office who'd been uh, emotionally kicked to the curb for about 16 years because uh, none of his therapists had ever mentioned it mm. to him. And uh, so that was a great, it was a great day helping a veteran. Uh, that had been hurting, and I had a, another veteran that uh, I spoke with that was in the same position and had a moral injury. And uh, what we're doing here, and I want to thank America's Web Radio for putting it on, because I would almost say with a categorical yes, no exclusions, I don't think there's another radio show that's talking about moral injury. And from what I've been understanding and reading and actually now experiencing uh, moral injury is a significant problem uh, uh, with our soldiers, uh, especially with uh, the combat veterans and those EMTs and police officers and firemen and nurses on the front line and the emergency room uh, folks. It, it's, it's really... A, a new field, relatively new, but it's taken off in the last 10 years. And now there's no doubt that uh, moral injuries exist. And in the last, I, I, I started my day yesterday with a uh, treating a and discussing moral injuries with a, a patient. And I ended my day yesterday treating a patient with moral injuries. And so I know from a clinical perspective that this is out there, and it's serious, and you're not going to hear it uh, from the Defense Department. And I'm not beating up on the Defense Department, but it's you have to understand. And, and you know, Dave, when you and I were enlisted and draftees kind of thing, I wondered, why am I doing this stuff? Uh, well, I'm glad I went through it. I'm glad I used to be a private E1. Worked my way up to Spec 5, Yahoo. And so I, I got the, and I don't want to use the word indoctrination. That's, that's what the Soviet Union does. The United States has a strong military. And to do that, you have to take people who are teachers, accountants, welders, you name it, and meld them into a fighting army, and you don't do that uh, without having a plan. And so when you went to basic training, 
you were put into a different culture, and, and you need to write that word down because we're going to talk about that today. You were brought into a different culture than you were used to. Uh, and so what's going on is very subtly your brain was being melded into that of a warrior and that of a team player. A fighting machine, it, as they called us. Right. You know, spirit of the bayonet. You know, uh, kill or be killed. Well, I mean, that's we can see what's going on in Russia now. It's not a nice thing. Freedom isn't free. Well, where am I going with this? They also started out with the idea of a just war. And this is necessary. This is an old doctrine from, let's say, 900 A.D., 1200 A.D., or maybe Augustine was before that. I'm not a history buff or major. but So the idea of a just war, why are we fighting this war? Well, this is the first brick and a wall of resilience they're building to let you know that you may lose your life, but it's for a just cause. And what happens when you start building a wall, uh, I mean, a wall of just cause, you're also building a wall made of moral bricks. That's how you build that wall. You slowly build it and saying, here's what the communists are doing. And they were doing it. When, when, we, when I arrived in Vietnam, it was as advertised. There were still false advertising. When you got there and saw the atrocities, just like Russia, you had to have a strong moral wall built. And so that wall was built, and it was built on the foundation of a military culture. This happens in the police force. They are, they are the, the blue, thin blue line. Uh, if without the thin blue line, you're, you're essentially going to have Somali pirates banging on your door for a handout the next day. If you don't have a fire department, an EMT to go through that wall and support it, you're going to have the same thing. And if you get shot or injured from, we'll call them pirates, which is what they are, uh, you're going to have to have those first responders take you to the hospital where the nurses and emergency room physicians are going to take care of you. Well, this whole thing that I'm talking about has been a framework shift. But the things we need to put down in writing now, and, and I, the fellow I talked to yesterday was amazing. I mean, several people I've talked to in the last week about moral injury. They had no idea of a moral injury. They'd never been told about moral injuries. When they had depression, and we're going to run through the symptoms again quickly, and but discuss them in detail. They had no idea that that could come from a moral injury. What's a moral injury? And when you start to look into it, many of those symptoms overlap those of PTSD, especially in combat veterans. Why? Because when you go into combat, you're forced to make moral decisions that you were not ready to make. And, and here's the main thing about the moral decisions. And one of the people I was talking to yesterday, veterans, he was describing the incident, and I will guarantee you, he had almost no time to make the decisions he made. And that is a key feature. It was life and death. He had to make decisions instantaneously. And, and, and if you 
don't do it right, someone may lose their life. What other profession does that except our first responders, police, firemen, and our soldiers? Nobody else. So you've been put in the pressure cooker. And not only that, imagine taking a test in in college where uh, if you get a wrong answer, one wrong answer, one wrong answer, they take your degree away from you after four years. That's, That's the kind of pressure our first responders have. That's the kind of pressure our soldiers have. Moral injury is lurking, and you have to be prepared emotionally and spiritually before you go and do your job. It's not, it is absolutely not handing out candy bars to kids. Like, hey, if you, if you believe in God, or here is a candy bar. Let me tell you what the secular psychologists are doing. They're trying to trivialize this, either from ignorance or arrogance, one or the other. But I And I made this statement uh, last week, and you know I do not criticize health care, because then you're less you're in their shoes. But I will say that if you are seeing a psychologist or psychiatrist and you say, I think I have a moral injury, I've been listening to this dude on the radio, and they go, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, you just need to say, well, thank you, I'll pray for you, and walk out of their office. Let me say it again. You say, thank you, I'll pray for you, and walk out of their office. Because someone who denies that moral injury does not have an important part of recovery from PTSD needs to get his head in the new literature. And so what we're going to do now is I'm going to quickly review, and for the purpose of, of, of the new listeners, we're just going to go through the symptoms of moral injury, and you can write them down. But you have to understand that the symptoms from moral injury are diffuse. They are not like having, uh, uh, you know, you, you bust your knuckles working on your car, and there they are throbbing, swelling, and bleeding. It's not that obvious. But if you don't take these things down and write them down and say, hey, that might be me, uh, you're going to be the one that suffers uh, as a result. And it's not... It's not uh, kind of, oh, I just won't feel so good. Moral injuries have the capability of affecting you physically, emotionally. You'll be tired. You will have, your emotional well-being meter will go to zero. You'll be dragging through the day. You may be sick to your stomach. It's not, it is not something that just, well, it's in your in your head, deal with it. no. It can be as devastating as PTSD. I'm going to list these, and you need to, if you're interested, write them down. Emotional well-being. Well, you can go back to the days before you enlisted in the Army or were a policeman or fireman and go, you know, I didn't dread going to work. I didn't dread getting up. Well, that has to do with emotional well-being. So put that down on your checklist. The next one's meaning and purpose. He said, I felt good about going to work, or I felt good about what I was doing. You didn't ask yourself on a routine basis, why am I here? What's the purpose of my life? Where did I come from? And where am I going after I die? You go, what is this thing? Is this one giant digital movie I'm in? Those questions, most people get up and get after life. They get get up and get going. And they had their emotional health 
tied into their meaning and purpose, because without meaning and purpose, you will not have emotional health. And that's just the way it is. Things that that people need to understand, existential questions, like why am I here, purpose of my life, they need to be answered. And if they're filled in, if you're filling the blanks in and attempting to do that with a secular pen, we'll, we'll say it will make the little metaphor, you're going to have great difficulty. But the first thing that you need to do is you need to restore optimism and hope. That's another thing. You know, those police officers that died in Huntsville, that's where I went to medical school, by the way. Those officers got up in the morning and their, and their lives ended by the end of the day. And that's very tough to maintain optimism and hope. And as you said, Dave, where the news media is is trying to paint the police as oppressive and whatever. Well, you know, I think there are probably a million police in this country, whatever, 700,000. Well, if you you don't have a couple rotten apples, you're blind. Okay, so what? So what if there are a couple rotten apples? They want the ones to make the news. The majority of our police officers are upstanding, wonderful individuals. But when you're talking to them, they're out there by themselves. How do they maintain optimism and hope? We knew from the COVID infection, the poor nurses that were trained to save lives and the doctors had to be decision makers on who makes it and who doesn't. Who gets a ventilator? Who's too far gone? That was not in their contract. That was I was a respiratory therapist. And shutting a ventilator off, I said, man, I could hardly do it. But you see, you didn't sign up for that. Well, when you're in the military, you need to be briefed on moral injuries that you may have to make decisions. But more than that, the DOD is in, and I I mentioned, I'm not criticizing the DOD, but you cannot go before 10,000 troops as a two-star general if it's your division and go, you know, guys, you're going to have tough moral decisions. And they may not come out, and you may feel disoriented and weak and whatever. The DOD does not want to get into that business. And we're going to talk later in this series on chaplains and narratives. We may be uh, getting into a little bit of it today. So if your optimism and hope meter and your meaning and purpose meter are starting to bottom out, you need to, you need to start thinking moral injury. Even if you have PTSD and they've diagnosed it, it does not mean that those symptoms are not mixed. The next one's depression. Major depressive disorder affects up to 40 to 60% of the people with PTSD. Well, depression is also characterized in moral injury. It can be just as bad in moral injury. Remember, this is, moral injury is a corrosive thing. Uh, I was impressed when I spilled a brake fluid on a, a new paint job on, my, on one of my cars. It ate through that. It, you literally wiped the paint off or your battery acid. Any, anybody's had to pull a wrench on their car. Depression is corrosive. You need to be aware, like, I don't know why I'm down in a funk most of the time. It may be from moral injury. Not necessarily, not necessarily PTSD. Self-esteem meter starts going down. Let's talk about another one. Anxiety. Go, go ahead, Joe. And we're going to take a break. We'll be right back with Dr. Muller right after this. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, 
classic cars, and more. You'll want- Do you love classic and special interest cars? If so, listen to our podcast every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on America Cooks Web Radio. Or find us on your favorite podcast site, iTunes, Spotify, or any of the others out there. We'll talk about classic cars. We'll talk to car guys. We'll talk to clubs that are here at our facility here in Classic Auto Mall. And we'll also talk about Classic Auto Mall and how we can help you sell your classic or special interest car. So give us a listen every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Thanks. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry, I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we do always thank you for listening to America's Web Radio. And uh, we have the greatest host on any radio station in the country, uh, Dr. Moeller. And we have our doctors that are on the doctor's lounge. We have Mark the Shark, an attorney in New York, that uh, abide a reality. He cuts right to the chase. And so many more. And like... Victor Armanderas that uh, does On Point with Victor, and he also fills in for uh, Eric Erickson on the syndicated station WSB. So we, uh, we're we just very blessed to have so many different great hosts, and we cover topics that no other station in the country, I don't think they'll even touch them, much less do a show about them. <laughs> Like we do with Dr. Don Moeller and uh, talking about PTSD and moral injuries. And, you know, this this cuts to the chase of what I don't know what you do for a living. You may be a librarian. You may be an accountant. I don't know. But there are people out there that are working for you 24-7. It may be the man or woman in the military that's protecting our country, working for you 24-7. Or it may be the your local fireman, your police department, your EMTs. They're all working for you. And you should thank God for them day in and day out. Back to you, Don. Hey, thanks. Dave, and, and that's so true. Uh, you know, if you're, I was eating in a restaurant a couple of weeks ago, and I just walked up to their table. They were having a lunch. I said, thanks for protecting us. You know, something like that is important. It doesn't cost a nickel uh, or a soldier. Uh, they're not, they're, they're human like we are, and they like to be told that they're doing a good job. And so always keep that in the back of your mind. 
we're going to talk about anxiety now. Now, this is kind of interesting. The psychiatrist that wrote the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, DSM, years ago, a decade ago, man, I think it changed, DSM-5, they said PTSD is no longer an, an anxiety disorder. That's kind of interesting because anxiety is a component of moral injury. And so you can see that this is the views are changing. Not only that, to be a disorder, and then we're going to talk technical for less than 60 seconds, to be a disorder, you have to have a group, an assemblage of things that happen to you, like chronic pain or chronic diarrhea or chronic headaches. Even though you don't necessarily know the cause, these symptoms are associated with this group that you're going to call a disorder. Well, I'm here to tell you that the moral injury disorder has now a grouping of things that will change your physical feelings, your mental emotions, and other such things. So remember, it is a legitimate thing, even according to medicine. And the more we know about it, the more study we do, the finer tuning you're going to see, and I, it, I will say, and I'm not uh, on the top levels of management and moral injury, but I will say I would be surprised that if moral injury was not elevated to a moral injury disorder, uh, and I don't want to beat that up now, and I, I said it'd be 60 seconds. The next thing that you're going to notice, you may have relationship problems and uh, definitely maybe be anger-based the the veterans I talked to yesterday, they go, I, and, and you know when you tell a vet or a pharmacist, you're, you're going to find you're angry a lot. Well, you know, that's just the way it is. You say, I never used to be this angry. And so what does that do? That starts relationship problems. Put that down. Your physical health, we're going to talk, it's a cumulative effect on you. Now, it will reduce your physical fitness incrementally over time. And I'm quoting right from the good book, not the good book, that's a Bible, but the Moral Injury Book by Harold Koenig. It's a slow, progressive thing. And it can affect, for example, your cardiovascular health, your coronary arteries. So there are hundreds that, hundreds of studies uh, and hundreds of participants, thousands of participants that that have examined the role of moral injury. We're going to hit suicide. There's 141 published studies that that coordinated and associated uh, religious-based practices, faith in God, etc., with a decrease in suicide. We covered that. We're not going to go over the details. So we're going to move on now to how do you start treating some of this stuff? And what are some of the things that if you want to see a chaplain about? I want to assure you, all chaplains have your heart and soul as their best interest, but not all chaplains have training in moral injury. And you need to understand, every family doc practice doctor has your best interest at heart, but they're not all trained in thoracic surgery, and neither am I. So 
there's certain subtle things that a chaplain is going to pick up on that a psychologist or a secular psychologist is definitely not going to pick up. So we're going to talk about some things that may cause moral injuries. Well, let's talk about one is betrayal. Now, betrayal, Now, if you're an EMT or a fireman, it does, you don't have to be a veteran in combat to experience betrayal. This, is, this can shake you. And uh, one of the veterans I was talking to yesterday, he was betrayed. And he didn't understand how that could last 16 years. Well, it could. Another one, if you witness or participate in just witnessing immoral acts, if you have to participate in and you had to shoot a bad guy or a child in combat, hey, they, they were sappers in Vietnam and they, and they carried bombs in, in, the, in our Middle East wars. No one wants to take the life of a child because they're obviously like a little puppy. They're just doing what they were trained to do. Their minds were bent by their parents. Well, your brain has been wired that you don't shoot children, but when they're about to take out your entire squad, you have to do that. Nobody wants to do that. If you had to witness one of your snipers taking out a kid or a woman, you know, in our society, women still, at least in, for the purposes of America's web radio, women are still women, and, and we know what women are. But that's, that's just, that goes against your moral grain. So what happens, you can put that on a, on a, actually put it on a scale, uh, like an, an inventory, like an IQ test, for example. These tests that they, in scales they made are, are very sophisticated. So what I'm talking about is just not touchy-feely stuff that can't be quantitated. It absolutely can be quantitated. So what happens next? What is the what did they call this? It is called pastoral narrative disclosure, and we're going to talk about what's going to happen. Uh, you you're not going to walk into a dark room with burning candles and doing weird stuff. No, it's it's not going to be anything like that. You have to understand moral injuries are are treated in a different manner. And I also mentioned another book about uh, the Bible and moral injury. And the man that wrote it, Brad Kell, K-E-L-L-E, you can buy this book. Uh, it's very exciting. And you do not have to be a full-blown Christian or Jewish guy, or you can be whatever faith you want. He's looking at these biblical narratives simply from the standpoint of a warrior. If you, if you read the narrative of David and the narrative of Saul, just for openers, and their reactions. If you go back and look through through their narratives, you can say, wait a minute, these guys were doing some of the similar things you'd expect from a moral injury. And from that, ancient cultures did treat moral injuries, but they recognized several things that are necessary to treat a, a moral injury. And as a result... That has provided success in setting up a, uh, a, um, a, a treatment. And I'm going to go through some of the things they talk about if you go see a chaplain. First of all, right off the top, 
if you said, hey, I, don't, I, had some, I just needed to talk to the chaplain about, or my minister, that doesn't really have a big, huge, weighted uh, mm, visual image of, hey, you know, Sergeant Jones is in seeing the shrink. So that's why it's so good to have the chaplains and, and your ministers, and also the ministers need to be on the team. You say, I'm just going to go talk to Reverend Jones about some stuff today. Well, hey, that's a neutral statement. Well, you say, I have to go see a psychiatrist. Uh, that That's a, a, a emotion-laden event. Like, uh, you finally admitted your, 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 your being up there isn't working. Well, and of course that's not true, but that's what soldiers say. I got to go see the shrink about this. Well, that's, that's not the same as seeing your chaplain. And this is an excellent way to enter the system. You say, I just need to go talk to the chaplain about some stuff. Well, they handle everything from just, Tough times, a brother, sister dying, other buddies dying, and you, nobody knows. That's, that's a, such a wonderful way to start. And the first, there's about eight steps, and they all start with R. Not that you have to, <laughs> that's anything important, but they just, I think they did that intentionally. So the first one is rapport. You're going you're gonna to meet your chaplain, and I guarantee in the military, he is not going to be pushing any particular religion down your throat. This is not about religion. It is not about, first I join the church and then they'll help me. Not in the military and, and most likely not in the civilian world speaking to a chaplain. So what they're going to do is they're going to let you know that you can trust them. They're going to let you know that they're, they answer to God before they answer to man, and they're not going to be bought off. The next R is reflection. They're going to talk to you about the most, mm, let's say you had four moral injuries. One is the big big one, okay? They're not going to start with that. They're going to start with the smallest one, and they're going to work on that. So you're going to tell them what, what may have started your moral injury, and then they're going to work on on the little one first. You're, they're not. You're not going to say as we spill your guts to an unknown guy. But you're going to start to reflect on that morally injurious experience, and you're going to let him know why you thought it was morally injurious. Injurious. Why did you? Why? Why do you think this is bugging you? And he's going to help you through that. Then the next thing they're going to do, they're going to look and they're going to do a review of your reflections. They're not going to attempt to judge you. Let me rephrase that. They're not going to put you in a courtroom situation and attempt to make your problem work worse. There are no judgments that are going to be uh, uh, imposed upon you. They're not going to impose a religious argument. If you're a Baptist in there and you're talking to a Catholic chaplain who's trained in moral injury, they're just absolutely not going to change you into a Catholic or a Catholic into a Baptist, or the, the rabbi's not going to convince you to, to come out uh, wanting to go to a synagogue. That's not going to happen, even if you have a, um, um, a Muslim 
uh, chaplain, and there's only a handful in the military, if they're training this, that's not their objective. You're not going to go in and and uh, be baptized in a font on the way out to get healed. That's not what they're going to do, and that's part of what this radio show does, too. When you review, that's step three, the review, you're going to, the, the chaplains, through the, your narrative, are going to guide you through how you interpreted what happened on that most unimportant moral injury. They're not going to start with the worst one, unless maybe you just decide you want to, but they're going to guide you through and they're going to look at what you thought about it, what made you think uh, that was a moral injury. And, and, and the veteran I talked to this week, the veterans, plural, I, I told him of an incident when I was a medic. I was working in an operating room at that time at, at a hospital, and we had a young soldier come in who was shot. Uh, it was emergent situation. They got him off the helicopter. The medics did their best. They had his blood pressure barely up, heart beating. They pulled him in, kind of dumped iodine on him. He cracked his chest. And the two surgeons that were working on him were older guys. This wasn't their first rodeo. Well, let me tell you, when some, and I'm coordinating this thought with the confusion, fog of war, these guys knew their anatomy up and down, right and left. They could do it upside down in their sleep. When they tried to save this gentleman, just to give you an idea how bad it was, he was shot through the front, through the, through his back. And, one of the surgeons said, I've got the artery, Lou. I've clamped it. And the other surgeon said, Bob, you've clamped the drape under the patient. Now, why do I say that? You don't ever judge another surgeon's work in the middle of a battle. The, the anatomy is not normal. It's been blown apart. The bleeding is diffuse. You don't know where it's coming from because it's been shocked. Well, I want the, the guys that have a moral injury from a combat-induced environment to understand. It wasn't a chess game with a timer. It's not like that at all. It's the other end of the scale. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know where the enemy is, and you don't know anything for sure except you're running out of time. So things that you had to do in a split second... Are the I'm going to extend to you as a surgeon the same uh, courtesy of listening to your moral injury that I would another surgeon that said the case we couldn't save his life. Well, the guy didn't walk in there after getting hit by a golf ball. He got in there after getting hit something traveling at 2,300 feet per second. The surgeons did their best for what the situation was. So that's what the chaplain's going to do. You did not lose your friend on purpose. You need to reconstruct that, and the chaplain will do. You may be carrying the burden for years, thinking, I, if I'd only. That's another thing for a moral injury, if I'd only. The next thing they're going to do, number four, is reconstruct the moral and ethical issues relating to that event. And they're going to talk about your grief Guilt, shame. Now put these down. Grief, guilt, shame, anger, betrayal, trust, and forgiveness. I'm going to say them again. 
grief, guilt, shame, anger, betrayal, trust, and forgiveness. Those are the key points of a a moral injury. Those are not necessarily, or the association is not high with PTSD for those. And that's why we go over these. Because if you go, I'm still ashamed. See, guilt is a public problem. Shame is a personal problem. You have to understand that. If you're, a court proves that you were guilty. So a court's a public, a public, uh, in, in, in an account. Look at the guy, the murderer, Murdaugh. He was guilty. He, I don't think that guy experienced any shame. Let me tell you about shame. If you can do horrendous things and you're not ashamed, horrendous moral, uh, you have no moral boundaries, you probably need to, you're probably a psychopath. That, that just comes right out of the book. Hitler and Putin have no shame. They may be accused of guilt. They will never have grief and shame unless it applies, the grief applies to not being able to kill more people. That is not what moral injury is about. The only way you can experience shame is to having a conscience. The first thing when you go in to talk to the chapel, chaplain, you say, I'm ashamed. He knows your conscience, your conscience is intact. Okay? The next thing they're going to do, after they reconstruct, they will put it in a moral, moral ethical language that you can see. You, you know, when uh, I explain, when I used to teach college in molecular biology and cell biology, I put it down in, in, in brick block format, little blocks and build things. They go, oh, we get that, how proteins are built now. Well, that's what the chaplain's going to do. He's going to reconstruct that situation which you bring to him. He's not going to judge you. He simply is going to put, we'll say, as an analogy, he's going to write things on a block, a little plastic block, or Legos, I guess what they are. Legos, and he's going to build a wall and show you that you did everything right, and it's you don't need to carry the guilt. So they're going to reconstruct that. They're going to put that wall together, and so you can see that you really weren't responsible. Then this, the, the number five is restoration. It is, it is sought, and I'm reading it, it is sought regarding grievances which, if possible, are heard by the perpetrator or organizational representative. How did the people... Go ahead, Dave. Did you want to go to a break? Hello, Dave. Dave. Okay. We're going to go to restoration and continue. We may have a comma problem here. If he, if possible, you will do restoration activities. The next thing is ritual. You will be using rituals. These are tried and true rituals which have originated uh, in cultures, and and that's why we're looking at the uh, biblical narratives that they had rituals and welcome homes. Your culture accept the ritual. Uh, Dave, can you go to break? We can, yes. 
Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at, 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 at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Okay, we're going to continue with, uh, we had a little commo check problem, but that's okay. He's going to restruct, con- reconstruct the ethical issues from, uh, from listening to you and putting those blocks together. The next thing, the next R is restoration. We're going to get into that later when we use biblical references and cultural things that uh, were undertaken. In a nutshell, when the warriors came back, from battle in the ancient times, they sh- they they were greeted in a different manner. First of all, uh, the most healthy manner was that the entire community took responsibility for what the warrior had to do. The warrior was out; he was away defending the town, village, nation, state, whatever you want to call it. When they came back from the war, they knew the culture. The people knew that these warriors were the were the the reason they were enjoying their their lifestyle. And they took responsibility for what the warriors had to do. This was a cultural thing. You were The warriors were not all-volunteer army that were segregated and saying, don't talk to us, you know, you're well-paid, like the police, just, you know, go away, just do what you have to do. We don't really want to know you. Well, no, the, ancient, the ancients had the warriors and celebrate them with parades and memorials. And we'll get into these in details. The booty, the spoils of war were shared with the community, not not to make the community wealthier, but to let the soldiers, the warriors know that when they were getting the booty, it connected the entire nation with what they had to do. The warriors were not suffering the guilt and moral injury alone. And that's critical to understand. Not only that, some of the booty that take, the spoils, were taken to their temples. Why? That connected the spiritual portion of what they had to do with the war. So in other words, uh, and we'll talk about that much more in detail later. So the, the sixth R is rituals. So these, in, in modern times, may be formal or informal, depending on your religious beliefs. 
the the chaplains do not force religious beliefs on you or those formal or informal informal uh, ceremonies uh, that will that may occur. Part of the ritual is a, a ritual of lament, and we'll go into that as well. The next one, number seven, is renewal, and that's engagement by the veteran or policeman or fireman, that you are doing meaningful activities. So let's say you take a a veteran or policeman that felt so bad about what he had to do, more likely a veteran, drop bombs, mortars, whatever. Well, that leaves you with the impression that's all you do. You, You can destroy things. Well, by going out and building, let's say, a recreation center for your community, because it you might go, what does that have to do with anything? It has to do with plenty. Your body starts to feel like, I just don't destroy things. I just don't kill and maim. I go out and I can do constructive things. The real me, the real inner you, your real spirit is one of help. It's a spirit of, I want to help somebody. I want to build. I want to do good things. And so that takes you out of the moral quandary that you may be left in thinking, all I do is destroy things and kill people. That's not true. That's not who you are. That's where your culture needs to embrace what you had to do during a war. That doesn't exist now. So why am I going to bring up the Department of Defense again? Because it's their responsibility, based on moral injury, to have projects and things that soldiers can get involved in to make them feel like, hey, I'm really a good guy. You have to teach your spirit again. For one moment in time, you had to do things that were very unpleasant, but that does not define you. And I want to say this and elaborate this. Just because I went to war and had to participate in bad things does not mean that that moment in time defines me. It will not define you either. You need to understand. These are healthy things. They are cultural-based. They are spiritually based. And these mechanisms uh, have been used for millennia. I don't mean centuries. I mean millennia, thousands of years, okay? And the last one, number eight, is reconnection. So by getting a better view of yourself, realizing that you had a moral injury, realizing that it was a normal response to what you had to do, and that this, that what you had to do does not define you for the rest of your life. And we're going to talk more about that, too. So this is, is what is, is called a pastoral narrative disclosure. So there's nothing to be afraid of. You're not going to walk into a uh, some kind of crazy situation. And, and and one of the things that is nice, it, it's been rephrased. If you're secular and you go, look, I just can't make that jump right now, they use the phrase, response through one's own meaning-making system. Meaning-making system, which may be spiritual, religious, or not. So, 
you're not going to walk into your chaplain and say, well, you know, from all the stuff you've done, I just looked on my chart, you're going to have to become an Episcopal. Or, oh, what you really did is so bad, you're going to have to be, and he just give you a card and go say, go to this church. That's not going to happen. You, because you are ashamed, you are uh, reconstructable, okay? If, if, if you're not ashamed of what you did, you probably don't have a moral injury. It's kind of a sine qua non. If you say, Chaplain, I'm ashamed, and this will be in private, that's the first step towards re- rehabilitation. Well, Dave, I think we've beat it up enough uh, to uh, get some discussion from an infantry kind of guy. Several minutes to go before the end of the show, so, uh, you know, yes, I was infantry, but uh, not in country, so I'm not the uh, right person to uh, talk about infantry, and, uh, you know, I had a... How about EMT, Dave? How about EMT? <laughs> you're going to get me coming or going, huh? Yeah, I said you not... We were an EMT buddy back in the day, so you were on the front lines of the people we're talking about. Well, Either way, you know it's it's like any and everything. You you never know until you've been there, and uh, you well, it's just like those the two cops in uh, Huntsville, <clears throat> and uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to their families. That you know. You you don't you never know what the call is going to be and the seriousness of it and you take every call seriously until you get there and you triage the situation and and decide what needs to be done next and uh, it, 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 the two cops in Huntsville they got a domestic call which. Uh, most most cops across the nation will say those are the most worrisome going, but they went as their duty prescribes, and uh, you know they they found initially a dead woman, and then they walked in to a trap, and uh, that's when they were shot, and you know they were. They were doing their job, and this is something that, you know, their fellow officers in Huntsville, they will be the ones now that suffer, and it could have been me. I could have taken the call. Um, You know, they'll go through a ton of different emotional experiences, and then when they lay their peers to rest it'll be another round of emotional and and it's not just the other cops it's the other cops and their families right and you know that that has to be stressed and that's that's true whether it's a a military situation or EMT or first responder or whatever it happens to be you got a radio on the background going. Um, Me? Yeah. No, 
There's no radio. Oh, okay. Well, there was something playing me back. But anyway, uh, this is just something that uh, at least we've come hundreds of miles. It would be the best way I can describe it, or thousands of miles in the understanding and treatment, and the treatment will get better and better as time goes on, as more of these things, just like what you're talking about, are understood. And this will happen, you know, it's a gradual process, but, uh, you know, no, no human was really, you have some psychos that may think they were designed to be a killing machine, but no human being was designed to be a killing machine, take other people's lives, take children's lives, and are to see the scenes that firemen and policemen and EMTs see on a day-in, day-out basis. And That's right. They're just not, we're just not designed that way. That's right, Dave. And I forgot to mention, and you brought it up, the families who lost an upright individual, a warrior, a policeman who was trying to help, lost his life. That is a moral injury to them as well. You know, how did this happen? So, uh, and you, in these times, the people like that church, the, the, the murders in the, the church in Nashville, where is God when this happens? And see, that that's one thing that you may, part of a moral injury, you may lose faith in God. That That is something that can happen as well, and I'm glad you brought this up, Dave. Uh, people's faith comes into question. How could this happen? As a matter of fact, the pastor's daughter in that church in Nashville was killed. You know, so these are really, really tough questions and moral injury these people are going to have to live with this the rest of their life now that's obvious but the fact that a moral injury can cut as deep as a physical injury is not well known and i again i want to thank america's web radio for allowing this uh to go out and if you're a veteran or a family member or have a veteran friend let them know about this we are not prescribing or telling you how to fix yourself. We are saying, look, you don't have to be a fireman to yell fire in the middle of a, in a theater. You know, that old old saw, so to speak. You don't have to be a fireman to spot a fire. And so what we're telling you, that moral injury is out there, and it's prowling around like you a lion. You have to close it out. And it, yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to close okay. out. We're out of time, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you, Dave. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.